Hi, I'm Susie Wilson, and this is my podcast, Radical Consciousness and Cleansing, a mystical sojourn through the ancient healing of cleansing from then till now. This podcast is going to take us on a journey of our mind, our body, and our spirit, delving into the depths of what does it mean to cleanse, how we reclaim our health physically, spiritually, and emotionally, so that we can live life to our fullest. Welcome back, listeners. It's so uh, great to have you back on board for this uh, podcast today. I'm pretty excited about today, and I had a little uh, moment when I was thinking about this podcast. This is another element that we're speaking about today, about breath, around air. So if you've been listening to some of my podcasts, you'll see that I have spoken about water with Veda, I've spoken with fire with Hala, and while not straight earth, I've spoken to Grandmother Grandmother Malara around Earth. Um, and today we've got breath. And today I've got in front of me Jenny Taylor. Jenny is from Australia. She works out of Newcastle, which is the east coast of Australia. For those of you on the other side of the world, you might know of Sydney. She's just north of Sydney. Um, she's been doing breath work, I found out this morning, or for, was first introduced to uh, breath. 33 years ago, but we don't say that often because then it makes us sit here and think, oh, my God, how did that happen? So, um, Jenny, it's going to be beautiful to speak with Jenny today uh, to just understand the importance of breath. We see this very um, a lot now in social media. Everyone's doing their breath work and everyone's um, going to seminars to learn how to breathe and there's a beauty in that and a sadness in that for me, that the beauty being that people are starting to reconnect to our element of breath and the importance to breathe. But how ironic, something that comes so naturally, something that we need to do so that we, in fact, don't die because once we stop breathing, we're no longer here. It's a little bit like water. Water and breath we can't live without. It becomes at such a subconscious level that we forget the importance of breath and how we might be breathing. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Jenny. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you for coming on today. Hi, Susie. Really amazing and I feel really privileged to be here. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm just looking at our pictures behind us. You've got more earthy colours in your picture and I've got more watery colours in my picture. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like we've got the balance of the elements here with us again. In fact, um, I might just share, we've just, in fact, come back on a weekend on land with our grandmother Malara. It's a thing called Elders Mystery School. And it's such a special weekend where just like-minded souls go back out there and remember mm, the simplicity that's wrapped up in profoundness, if there's such a word, of connection to self through connection of land and all creation and 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 water and and air and fire. We have a sacred fire. So um, I've just spent the weekend with Jenny, and uh, it's been great. Hey. Oh, it was absolutely incredible, totally profound and, you know, it's almost one of those weekends where you can't put it into words, yeah? Yeah. And, um, and I- lots of expansiveness, lots of connection, lots of, you know, really allowing yourself to feel limitless and breathing in the air, feeling the earth, touching the fire, you know, and, um, and being with water. It was all beautiful and with all those people. Mm. Yeah, we did get rained on, so that's how we connected with yeah. the water. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like taking off the shackles of the white noise of everyday living, isn't it? You can go out yeah. there and just take off our bodysuit and go, oh, okay, this yeah. is what this is what it's all about. This is why I'm here on this earth for, okay? Yes. Yeah. And, and creating such a safe and loving and nourishing space where people can be themselves without any any uh, feeling of feeling limited or um, you know you have to do something in a certain way and you know just really it really bringing out that part of ourselves that often gets um, closed down. Yeah. yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And it's so interesting, natural. no matter what circles we sit in, when we sit just outside of mainstream, one of the big things that most people will say is, you know, I just feel like different to everyone else. So these circles are often full of people that feel different from anyone else, but now they feel like they've got their community around them. It's mm. it's interesting, isn't it? Humans are an interesting species. Humans are an interesting <laughs> species. Yes, we are. but today we want to have just a little bit of a chat around breath so I really love to start as I said to you before just um and I said in the intro like 33 years that you were first introduced to breath so I feel like that's a really good place for us to start like how did you how did you find breath and because our first breath and I'm sure you're going to go into this when we breathe it's like a first noise we make which is something that I'm really being um, conscious of at the moment is our sound but yeah 33 years ago let's start there how did you how did you step through that door what was your introduction (laughs) well it was really quite (laughs) It was really quite a bit of a leap of faith because my father at the time, who I think he must have been in his maybe early 60s, my father's a farmer, so very connected to earth and I grew up in the bush and all sorts of things. And he, uh, from a very young age, taught us um, transcendental meditation and different things like that. So really? he was always, Yeah, so... I, I've been. Uh, I learned that when I was fourteen, and my brothers learned it. And Dad was a, a big meditator, so he he was a farmer, but really quite a with a really open, expanded mind. <laughs> and wow. I think he, obviously he was on his own journey in his lifetime about you know where he saw himself and what he was looking for, and and doing that inner work himself. So he had. I didn't know it. That I, I kind of knew, but I wasn't paying much attention because I was only twenty five, and you know, um, fully into my life. I'd had my son by then. I was married, and he was doing this thing called. He did NLP first, and then he did this breathwork practitioner course, and he was just kind of doing it in the background. And he said to me, wow. "He said I need." I said, "He said I need some people to come in and." Um, be part of the course because we it's a bit like getting the ten dollar haircut when people when when hairdressers yeah. are, so people come in and and they're your practice people yeah and he yeah. said would you, would you come in and I'm like yeah sure I mean you're my dad I trust you implicitly and <laughs> so, so we're we're in a group of people in this training scenario and and all the others two or three other students there along with my dad and I'm, I'm laying down on a mat and. He's, he's guiding me and being guided into this breathing process, which I later learned was conscious connected breathing. And I'll talk about that a bit later. And my first experience was that I went boom, straight into the memory of me giving birth as a mother. So I'm laying on, I, I, I literally went into that, the consciousness of me being on the birthing table in the hospital doctors around, everything's going on. My, my son was, um, 
he want, he wanted to stay in there longer than everyone else wanted him to. So he was kind of taking his time to come through. And I remember feeling tired and, oh, gosh, this is really. And I was on the table, you know, with my legs up and, and, um, and Dad's in my ear going, just keep breathing through it, just keep breathing through it. And I'm like, what is going on? What's going on here? Wow, and how weird! All of, a, all of a sudden, I had this immense feeling of um, ab- abandonment. Wow! And, and at the time, I remember he called over the the teacher because he's only a novice, so he, he called over the, to the teacher for a bit of help. And I had this immense feeling of abandonment, like I was on the table. I'd been thirty six hours in labour. You know, the, the, my my son's getting ready to come out and I could feel the pressure of that I don't know your listeners not might all not be mothers but there'll be sure someone who can relate to that when you just go I can't hold it any longer you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and 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 then all of a sudden everyone went away like everyone left me and I just oh. I remember, and in this process in breath work I was feeling the panic of that the, the really yeah. sense of, where's everyone gone this is the moment I really need you the most and you've abandoned me and, wow. and so, so what happened was, um, and this only came back to my mind when you were asking me how, you know, let's talk about how you, how you discovered breath work. Yeah. Um, and what happened was, it was something quite amazing. It, my father's in my ear going, as the practice, practitioner in training going, you know, just keep breathing through it, allow the motion to rise, keep breathing through it, keep your breath moving, allowing the emotion of that to dissipate and see what, it's because it's all an energy transformation. You know? Yeah, yeah. Transmuting, transmuting this stuck energy of feeling abandoned. And um, so I did that and then I had this amazing feeling of understanding of what happened. So this context of what really happened was, even though that's the way I had interpreted it at the time, was they were, they were going off to get the things they needed to really support me in the process where I'm sitting there yes. getting stuck in the whole abandonment feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, and I felt this immense understanding and transmutation. I mean, back then I didn't, didn't use this language, but there was this transformation of energy around that and, and a whole lightness and understanding. Wow. And then the process the process goes on and you get a you get a period of time where you integrate all that and the, the energy sort of dissipates out of your body uh, and then I kind of um, we had a small debrief I remember and then I went home and I've just gone whoa that was like a bit full on <laughs> <laughs> what is this thing I first again yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I was like what so so that was my first first introduction, and then I kind of I must have had some inkling inkling at that moment of the power of it. Although yeah. you know, at that moment, I'm you know I'm a new mother. I'd just gone back to work, and I was um, I worked in the trades as a ship ship and boat builder, and I was going off to fr- finish my apprenticeship, and and you know life got busy again. You know, up at six, and you know taking the yeah. child, to the, you know, all those things. So what happened then for the next 17 years was that every time I got into a space, I started to, there was this opening, I started to understand my feelings a bit more and and, um, be able to work through them. Every time I got to a place where I felt overwhelmed, I would go and have a breathwork session. And generally that was about every three years for the next 17 years. So would you go to someone or were you doing that yourself? No, I went to someone because it's quite a, because it, it can be quite a cathartic process, like I felt in the first right. time. You, you really yeah. need someone there to support you. Yeah, right. 
and to guide you through the process. It's about, you know, creating a safe space to hold that emotional content that comes up for people and, and to yeah. allow people to process right through it because as a practitioner, it's, the responsibility is to provide people a safe place with no judgment that they can move through these, you know, stuck feelings and emotions that build up over time and that can um, then have the knowledge to help someone process right through it because if you left if you leave someone half finished you just send them back out in the world half finished you could be re-traumatizing them everyone has different levels yeah 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 i'll come back to that i'll let you finish your story because i just such an important little point so i'd like to come back to that yeah yeah, so the, 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 you know, to shortcut the rest of that was that by the time I got to 2012, which is 11 years ago, so 20, you know, 20 or 23 years or something, I'd, I'd been going every three years. And what I, what I came to understood was that I'm a firstborn responsible person, you know, you know, out there in the men's world type of woman, you know, doing it all, um, sucking it all up. Um, I knew that I had to release the valve every now and then or, you know, shake shake the Coke bottle yeah. out and the lid off yeah. every bit now and then. But what I yeah. wasn't learning was, well, what I wasn't taking away was the deeper understanding of myself so that yeah. I didn't have to be that person who got to such a an emergency state to go release it again. So in 2012 I was still doing... You know, I, I realise, and then you start to see your own patterns over time, right? You think, oh, here comes this thing again. Why am I doing this again, you know? In 2012, I had a really, um, you know, in, in spiritual terms, they call it spiritual emergency. And in mainstream terms, you would call it a breakdown or a burnout or something like that. It just, I just came to a point in my life where I knew that I had to do something different. It was just like, what yeah. is what is this thing that keeps coming up? It was like. If I don't change, then I may as well take my soul out, stick it on the ground and stomp on it myself, you know, because if I just went back to how I'd been doing, it was kind of like, you know, I may as well just give up on life, not not in a, you know, give up give up on having the life that I want. Yeah. Um, so in 2012 I, I went and had another breathwork session and I said to the woman, you know, I really think I need to take this further. What, what else can I do? And she said, well, I can run a training. So we, that's when I went into my apprenticeship with her, really, and I, and I really started out doing just for myself, you know. I wanted to yeah. really move, move past my own limiting beliefs and stuckness and change my world and be able to be in the world without reacting to it. And, and that was 11 years ago. <laughs> it's so interesting, isn't it, because I hear this, when I speak with people that I um, around how we get into the, our work, like when we're really passionate about it, it's like when it's been our life. And and I don't want to say, I don't want to have a judgment around that, but there's this group of people that get into a field of healing it, and it comes from our own personal experience. And you say, you know, it's like, you're doing it for yourself to heal yourself. And what a better way to share a therapy once we've actually put ourselves through our own therapy. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so I think that's such a key component. And even when we're looking for someone to work with as and healers out there, 
Like I just think because there's so many different options and opportunities and concerns. There's the other side of that. I think we need to have some discernment, right, because if we're going to go and sit in a room of 50 people and do some breath work um, without necessarily – it's like doing plant medicine. People go and sit in a room for 50, 60 people doing plant medicine and there's two shamans, you know, that call themselves shamans or two support people. It's like – Wow, like because I when you spoke about this cathartic process, it's like it can it is cathartic. Like and there can be points where you can't move your body physically at all. So you feel completely like, well, there's other times where your body is doing stuff that you don't even if it's yawning, like just this I, I know I've gone through yawning things and I feel like I'm gonna get locked on and never be able to close my mouth again. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like so having that, that those people there with you is so important. But I wanted to ask you, though, when you said you had your um, spiritual emergence um, or breakthrough, I call them, as opposed to a breakdown, how old were you? Can I ask that personal question? Yeah, absolutely. So that I've got to do the maths in my head again. So I was 47. See, I think this is beautiful for you women out there that are listening and maybe men, I'm not quite sure because your hormones work a little differently to ours, but it's <laughs> such our age of coming into our wise years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And totally. we've, we've lived our life and I think that there'd be a lot of women out there, you know, you've lived your life, you've raised your children, you've, you know, been there because we do put ourselves aside to a certain extent for our kids, you know. We do what we have to do. But our priority is the, is raising our family, or and even if that means juggling work, because we a lot of us work now. But we go through this spiritual emergence, and it's like, isn't that interesting that it happens around that age? And now we're going to connect into something that you got introduced to you, you know, those twenty odd years before. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was it was totally amazing, and and what I loved about my own personal journey, and you're right, I can't. When I started out doing the training, there was no way that I was going to even be a practitioner. There's no way I yeah. just wasn't even no. going to be doing it because I had so much in my own body that needed um, moving that I couldn't even see myself doing that, you know. And then it yeah. just, as I got clearer and clearer and clearer, and by that I mean breathwork is all about clearing out all that unresolved emotional content out of your body because, you know, breath, the breath works at, at the cellular level. The breath is like the the conduit or the connective energy between spirit and what what's happening, what's stored in your body at the cellular level. So you know, and um, I've heard on other podcasts you talk about this sometimes, Susie, and it's and it's because uh, every experience we have in our life, from the moment we were conceived, hundred percent, through to where we are now, is recording it recorded in our body. As it's yeah. like a, our bodies are like these giant libraries, yeah. absolutely everything. And the reason that most of it, most of it's unconscious, right? Because if you if you actually yeah. tried to bring to, <laughs> if you actually tried to bring to conscious memory everything that's ever happened to you in a moment, then you just be totally, <laughs> you'd be totally over, overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. So, so the breath speaks to speaks to the body. And that's the beautiful thing that I found with breathwork was that it, it actually allows you to give your mind a rest, actually. And for people who are in their, in their yeah in their mind all the time, which I was, because I you know at that stage I was heavily working in the shipbuilding industry and it was all about projects and deadlines, you know, all that you know that busyness and you had yeah. to know things at once. And 
the mind never got a rest. Um, so to be in it, to then actually, and then because, you're, because you've got that, you can't actually interpret what's happening in the world. If an emotion comes up, it just becomes this thing that you don't know how to deal with because you're not present in your body. You're so in your mind, you're judging yourself for it. You're saying, why am I being like that? I've got to, you know, it's not appropriate, all the, all the things that come up. So when we, lay, when we lay down to breathe in this way, it's really allowing the mind to be set aside and trusting that your breath is there to support you because you and I are breathing the same air even though we're, you know, at other ends of the country right now on the East Coast. We actually all breathe the same air. But once it comes into our physical bodies, it, it belongs to us. It's, it, it's, it's trans transitioning through us. So the story that goes with it and the connection that goes with it and, the, and the, what it can flush out of your body is completely yours. There's no, no, you know, I can't be, my breath is, isn't in your body and your breath isn't in my mm. body. When you, when you breathe, breathe in, in yeah. yeah, when you, when you breathe in, it becomes part of your cells, tissues, muscles, the water in your body, your heart, your lungs, your, all your organs, your brain cells, it all belongs to you. So the intelligence of that, and, and when we talk about the breath, when I talk about the breath, I talk about the the breath intelligence because it's it's part of the universal elemental energy breath. And you think about when the earth, you know, 360 million years ago was able to support life. The only way it could support life on land was to have the air or oxygen that we breathe. Yeah. And, just, yeah. and, and when you look out from space, it's a closed system, right? So the air that was around around this 360 million years ago is the same air we got now. It's just Crazy been recycled. About that. Yeah. It's just the been recycled. The ultimate recycling job. The ultimate recycling. The same with the water, right? So, yeah. um, you know, all the elements really, it's the same yeah. as what we've got. It's just yeah. gone through birth, death and rebirth and death and rebirth yeah. multiple times. So there's an intelligence that's recorded in that whether we think yeah. there is or not. So when the two get together, like the breath and your body, you find out stuff. <laughs> you can't not find out stuff, right? <laughs> it's um, it's like just I'm just letting people take that moment to wrap that around their head because yeah. for us all of that's very simple, but that's a quantum leap. So it's like people making sense of, okay, so the breath has an intelligence, you know. Now we're saying that water has an intelligence and sometimes we can show that, but to say that the breath has an intelligence and the breath has my imprint, so it has really my DNA in it, right, like when I breathe it out. Like that's that's big. So if you're then saying, so are you following me, listeners? So then we go, so we're breathing that breath in. Obviously, it's going into our lungs, which then is disseminated throughout our body into every cellular tissue. And that's where now it becomes a part of us and has uh, the, uh, it, it imprints our memory. That's right. I'm saying that right, right, Jenny? Yeah. So when we're talking about, and cellular memory has been my thing coming into this work when I was in social work. It was all just, I was just starting to read about it. And I was just like, wow, how amazing I think we just don't remember stuff in our brain. Like I remember that thought so clearly as a psychotherapist, like social worker counsellor per person and going, what do you mean we don't remember stuff just in our brain? How does that even, like how do you remember stuff else? So I remember going on that journey 
So they think that our trillion cells, each of them have a memory. And and I love this whole stuff around cellular memory and, and it sort of makes when we, I'm just going to merge our water and two elements together of our water and our, our air because the, the reading that we're doing on the water or that I'm doing on the water is with the easy water, the work by Gerard Pollack, if um, people want to look that up, it's called easy water, EZ water or fourth phase water. He's now found this different. So we have three forms of water, vapour, ice and uh, liquid, but now there's this fourth phase one. And my thought is that we don't just remember in ourselves, it's actually in this easy water is actually where we remember, which would make sense when we're talking about how that breath, and I know it seems like a quantum leap and it seems so bizarre to, to think about, but maybe if we don't even think about it, and we actually go, okay, well, let's just feel it. Let's actually just breathe that in and see what, because it is weird. Like sometimes I'll be going along in the day and I'll go, what did I even think about that now? Like a memory, when a memory comes up. So really what we're doing when we're doing the breath work is we are putting ourselves into that state through your breath to consciously bring up a memory that might be sitting there. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a really good point. So, I guess to bring it back 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 to to some grounding, is to you know why do people come to breathwork and and yeah. and the breathwork that I do is uh, called conscious connected breathing or the conscious connected breathing cycle. That's the the cycle that we use. It it used to be called um, so I've been trained in rebirthing breathwork now, which sort of was developed in the seventies with Leonard Orr. It's a really gent. There's lots of different ways to do conscious connected yeah. breathing. It's quite different to conscious breathing. So conscious breathing, a lot of um, you know meditators use conscious breathing. Yogic, there's yogic breaths. There's you use conscious yeah. breathing. Martial arts, all those things, and they're kind of all breath is great, and they're they're just a different level. And conscious connected breathing is also a conscious breathing, yet it it goes a bit further and allows you t- to tap into your cellular memory as we were just talking about. So people would come to me because they're, I get, um, because they're feeling stuck in relationships. They might be, uh, I get the words, I'm, I'm just feeling stuck and I knew, know I need to move something. I don't know how to go forward. Or they're um, having poor relationships or they're not getting that what they want at work because they, you know, they feel um not recognised or not heard. Um, some people say, I just feel like there's a part of myself that's missing and I'm not sure what that means. I feel quite lost in the world, you know, that kind of that kind of stuff. And what happens when we have a breathwork session is we actually have a bit of a chat and then write down an intention. So yeah. there's a starting point and yeah. the intention might to be, and, and there's a process that I use to sort of get a little bit deeper into what the real issue is and we we breathe in what we want on our in-breath and breathe out what we don't want on our on our mm-hmm. exhale because it's it's and then it's cycling this through and yeah. that just sets the tone for the breath but when I when I say breath intelligence I mean that that can be a starting point and and then it's kind of like set this set that aside and just breathe and see where the breath takes you so as the mm. practitioner, I, there's no way, in no way am I guiding the process. 
I'm guiding mm-hmm. the process in the, in the holding space for it, yet I'm not saying to the person who's laying down breathing, oh, you know, you need to go this way or you need to go that way because it's such do a... They, do they have to breathe a certain way? Sorry, Jenny, yeah. just in, do you coach them how to breathe, like breathing in and out yeah. for so many counts or so deep or one nostril or because there's so many different ways, as you were saying before. Yeah. So yes, there's a it, there's three phases to the breathing cycle, and the first phase is induction, which is where I'll I'll guide them into the process of how to breathe, and it and it's a cyclic okay. breath. So it's a conscious breathing in in that you're aware of it, and you're yeah. always aware of your surroundings. And, and the connected part is that you breathe, you're connecting the inhale with the exhale. So you're essentially not having a pause because normally when we breathe we pause at the top and pause at the bottom slightly it's only you know yeah. split second stuff but in conscious connected breathing you're actually connecting the inhale with the exhale to create this kind of circular breath so your breath's always moving always moving is that and like did you really do cyclic breathing similar in that they have to they they um, always keep their breath moving but we're just yeah. doing it through the process of um inhale and exhale so it yeah. kind of sounds I, I, your listeners might hear that it kind of sounds like this I'll just go to yeah so you can hear that there's no space at there's the top no and bottom. Yeah, yeah there's no stopping. so we guide them into that process and that's where um the mind gets set aside and you're just trusting the breath then I call it intelligence because the breath knows where to go so you come in you come in feeling abandoned in relationship and the breath will either go to, it'll go to the place that you need the, where that started. I had a woman come in. Um, I'll give you an example. Someone came in. Because yeah. you never, in the moment when you're feeling an emotion and it feels like it's out of control or not, not um, healthy, it, it's never for the reason that you think it is. I had, I had a woman in her late 50s who goes to the, goes to the shopping centre with her husband all the time normal thing they did on a Saturday, all of a sudden she's standing in the middle of a shopping centre and her husband, she turns around, her husband's not there. He's wandered off to a shop, you know, and she goes into panic. She said she'd never felt that before. And she, she's gone, you know, why am I feeling panicky? You know, I'm just at the shopping centre with my husband, but she couldn't find him for a, for a short time. Yeah. So she's come in and she's, she's telling me this. And when we lay down to breathe, she actually went to the memory of, of um, her being a four-year-old child, feeling abandoned by her mother because the same thing had happened, but she was four and she didn't know how to deal with it because she really felt lost. So it's got nothing to do with really what's happening at the moment. It's yeah. everything to do with where where you felt that memory in your body to start with. So that's, and, you know, you can get physical sensations, you can get um, um, specific memories, you can get emotions come up, but it's all about, Moving that stuckness, if you can think of your emotions, which are just really energy in motion, um, moving that stuckness and allowing it to flow through because, um, you know, typically we live lives, particularly in Western culture, where emotions aren't, we're told emotions aren't a good thing. Mm-hmm. So we, we, you know, women should be seen and not heard, um, you know, suck it up, you know, grow, grow a... <laughs> <laughs> grow a spine yeah you know, be all, a man all the yeah yeah, yeah. men don't cry when, yeah and exactly but what happens when you don't process it in the moment is that it just stays there 
I think that's just such a big, profound thing, though, and I know we've been talking about it for years, but I still think that still teachings and awarenesses that um, general community and then when even when people are healing have to understand, and I've given this example a lot, but it's just so prevalent, like we have to get out of the out of the thinking that a memory is in their head, that it can store in the body. And that stuckness causes that stagnation. And physically that causes inflammation. And once we've got inflammation in the body, we have disease. And and I know, and I've spoken about this, but it's like when I was diagnosed and I was in hospital and they were taking um, litres and litres of fluid off my lungs and it wasn't the fluid that they were removing. It was the deep grief that they were removing. And for me, because I spent so many years in this industry, and not even in this industry, my life, I'm, I'm quite an empath. I, I feel people's emotions. I want to make things better. I want people to feel happy. If I, And that's just my, my wiring. I want people to feel good. I want people to feel joy. So I'd go above and beyond that and to the point to my own detriment. But I remember lying in, in this hospital and this watching this fluid go out because I had to lie on my side. It was like for 48 hours, right, as it drips out. It's like later after it's like bloody hell. Now where does this all come from? But it was the tears of the world and it was the tears of all of my clients and it was my tears of really deep grief. And I just think if we can, and, and I talk to people about multidimensional, it, we're multidimensional beings. So for our healing for the future, I believe medicine of the future is going to recognise that, again, we're going to remember because, of course, all of our Indigenous cultures since the beginning of time knows this and that's, you know, we don't, we don't get sick. It's our spirits out of our alignment, you know, or, you know, we've got stuff pushing us out. We're not in, in alignment. And, um, but we are now remembering as a larger community that we, we are multidimensional. So to heal, whether it's from cancer, diabetes, heart disease, you know, all of these three biggest killers that are all lifestyle come down to stress, but it's like it, it comes down below that stress it's a memory and that's mm. where it's going to manifest itself it's like so that's what we've got to go back to so the lady in your shopping center for her to heal her she could have went because her option at that time was to go to the doctor and get anxiety medication mm. she could be diagnosed with that right yeah. But she's actually decided for some reason, okay, no, well, maybe I'm not going to go on a medication right now. And I'm not saying we don't need medication. I'm not saying that because for me it's about working with the whole person without judgment. But we do have to, but this person decided, it's like, well, maybe I need to go and work something out, maybe heard about breath or whatever. And it's so, because I always talk about we need to have movement and motion. So the mm. breath work is giving the our internal body the movement and motion, right? Is that that's how I'm seeing that? So, breathing in and out, like just getting your abdomen. We often do that in colonics because people forget to breathe into their belly, even like to really take that nice deep breath. Like anxiety lives in up in the chest in my in my world, you know. So if we can get people to breathe in and connect, mm. such a big thing it is. It's cellular memory. It's like or it, it, it totally is. We say in breathwork that we have one brain and a mind in every cell. 
Oh, yeah. lovely. Yeah. And, um, and it's interesting you bring up stress and anxiety because a lot of people come to me for that, you know, yes. feeling anxious and stressed and just are so overwhelmed by it all. They don't know what to do, don't particularly want to go on medication for one reason or another. And, you know, everyone makes their own choices around that. So and, and what I've come to understand is that I, I talk about this thing called baseline stress or baseline anxiety anxiety like there's a certain Can level you, sorry jenny just could you say that again please you just it went in and out of reception i did it so i talk about this baseline that like there's a baseline stress or a baseline anxiety and, and if if you think about the electricity grid system in australia they often talk about you know um there's a there's an amount of electricity that everyone in the country uses as a baseline and then when it gets really cold, everyone turns on their air conditioners to heat up and, it, and it's kind of spikes up and down yep. during the day. And, you know, and they're even talking in the future in these countries that, you know, we'll have, because the energy is such a big thing at the moment, that we'll have moments where we might have to go on blackouts and things like that. So in, if you translate that to um, stress and anxiety, some people wake up in the morning with a baseline level of stress mm. and anxiety. So it's it's yeah. inherent in their bodies all the time. Yeah. 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 And as yeah. they as they go through life, and particularly I'm hearing a lot more in the last couple of years where we've had all those things come in, all the stresses that come into us on day-to-day basis, whether it be family, whether it be work, whether it be more global things that we're all feeling, is that then it's these spikes that happen and people get overwhelmed. And mm. if, if people don't get to manage those spikes in a way, and that's where conscious breathing is really good to be able to manage those spikes during the day, just mm. bringing, awareness, mm. bringing your awareness to your breath and breathing more deeply and slowing down, um, then what happens is the baseline level creeps up a little notch and then it's going to mm. creep up a little notch and then it creeps up a little notch. So people become so full. And I've had people come to me recently just go, I'm so, like I wake up and I said, you know, what's your stress level when you wake up out of 10? And she'll go eight. And that's after a night night's sleep, you know. So that's not healthy in anyone's Oh, well, that's affecting, like that means if you're saying that, their cortisol is out of control. So they've yeah. got a fatigue. They're heading for a crash because their cortisol should be like zero in the morning, yeah? yeah. Uh, no, it should yeah. be high yeah. in the morning and zero at night. Zero so, at night. yeah. Exactly. So what I recommend to people is to learn how to do conscious breathing. And if you Google conscious breathing on the internet, you'll get a hundred different types of it. I, my, my number one thing is to go back to understanding how you breathe normally. So just really, and it's all it's about, it's all about awareness. So sitting or standing or just take pausing in your life and just understanding where you breathe. Are you breathing high in your chest? Are you breathing into your belly? You know, what's your, do you hold your breath a lot? A lot of people hold their breath during the day. Just bringing your awareness back to that every time you feel yourself getting mm. your, your breath's not being uh, full and flowing. You just bring, your, bring yourself back to that. So that's just an easy awareness practice that you can do every day. Then you can go on to, you know, learning about some yogic breathing. There's ratio breathing, you know, long, deep breaths, that kind of thing. So just really practicing that in, in moments where you are getting those stresses and you can feel it all come up, just pause and take a deep breath. And even sigh, you know, just mm. just that simple mm. thing you can do, and that kind of manages the spike. Then, if you want to really address, and and some people 
don't want to do this. Other people are like this lady are on that path of, you know, and for me it was kind of like, oh, my God, I've got to change something big, otherwise I'm just not going to get there in life. Um, If you want to really look at what's holding all all that baseline stress in place, then you come and do the deeper work. You come and tap into your cellular memory. Find out where all that, you know, it's, um, you know, built up emotional content is that's holding all that stress into place. Because we don't, we're not born stressed. We we develop it over time, and it's because right, right. we, keep, you know, and and they call in in the conscious connected breathing cycle is the the breath integration cycle. There's the self defeating cycle, and the self defeating cycle is when you when and when something comes up, you you start feeling a reaction in your body because you know you we've got four bodies, not just one then people go, oh, you know, start judging themselves. What, you know, why am I feeling angry? Why am I mm. feeling, but why, mm. why am I feeling like I want to cry and make it wrong? Mm. That's it's kind of like a choice point. If you just go, you know, oh, actually I'm feeling angry right now, I'll just keep breathing and see where that's coming through. You breathe mm. through that anger or breathe through that emotion and you actually let it dissipate because breathing, apart from being the thing we need to do to keep these physical bodies alive and working, it's also our body's natural way of processing emotion. When you don't yeah. breathe, you're actually holding it down or suppressing it. Yeah. Putting a lid on it. Uh, and and we can test this, like we can see this because if you think about if if because I always think that our body hasn't um, evolved to where we're at in this modern day life. So our body was involved in a flight and fight mechanism. So um, or rest and digest. That's how our nervous system is set up. We can either rest and digest, which is when we should eat, or it's fight and flight, which is when we should be either hunting down a bear for food or running away from one so they don't kill us. So if we think about that, like when we're in that fight and flight, our body is producing more oxygen to give us. We're going to be breathing rapidly. We're going to be doing that because we've got to put that oxygen into all of our muscles so we can run faster and get out of there, right? Whereas when we're in rest and digest, our breath is going to be slower because it's like we don't need that because we've got to put our energy into digesting our food. So it makes sense, right? If we are feeling anxious, we're waking up feeling anxious at 8 o'clock in the morning and our anxiety level is at 9, which means now my cortisol is drained, and up, so I'm going to be drained. My adrenal's going to go. But what that means for us is that we are um, uh, are going to be breathing faster, or we're not going to breathe at all. So we are just constantly dampening. Because I know when you mean not breathing at all, what I mean is that people do hold their breath when they're really anxious. Well, because we get frozen, we'll hold our breath, right? So that's the other thing that goes on for us. So to be able to um, have a, and it comes back to that, it's such a good word, isn't it, consciousness? It's so easily said but so hard to do in our white in our white noise. But it's just to be have such an awareness. And I often say this to people with water, it's like we've got alarms on phones. We've got apps everywhere these days. Like put an alarm on your phone for every hour. Just have a moment. Just take a moment and go, what's my breathing feel like right now? Like Absolutely. Just do that. Yeah, because that can be re- that can be making you healthy. I think we have to do the link. It's not just to be like a you know up to date guru hippie person. It's to actually prevent you from longer term disease. It's to give you a healthy longevity, which is what we're all after, right? 
I just want to bring up a point you said about that we're not born stressed. I I know what you're saying with that. We're not born stressed, but um, I think we do bring in our parents' stress. And I think yeah. that we can carry our parents' anxiety. And I yeah. think that's another level of um, understanding that the breath work would give us because if you're going through a breath work in that deeper work, if you're wanting, because I see when you, when I hear you say that, so I get sort of visual. So when I hear you say, you know, doing longer term work and see where that breath travels in your body, I sort of see, I can see a mist. I would call it a mist. I can see a mist working through my body and it's going to say, okay, I'm going to go to Sue's, you know, um, left shoulder scapula because it's it's really tight in there. So the mist is going to try and open up all of that fascia and all of that mess in there because oxygen is going to release the fascia that holds all my muscles so very tight. So the deeper breath work that you do would um I imagine, allow for that process, right? And that's why you can bring up Absolutely. And you are right um, that we do bring forward the memory of um, Mm -hmm. our our ancestral memory and we also bring forward any past life memory. I don't know where your listeners sit in terms of um, their belief system around that yet. You know, for me, breathwork is so experiential and I know what I I know because I use breathwork as my own tool to regulate my own body so I'm not just out there telling other people how to do it. It's actually a tool that I've integrated into my life. Every time I feel like a bit out of sorts, I lay down and have a breathe about it. And, and you know, for me personally, past lives have come up, you know, soul retrievals come up, um, my birth memory has come up. You know, when you think about, and we talked about, we were going to talk about first breath and it's be a good time to yeah. talk about it now is that when we're conceived in the womb we're actually forming a physical body which then holds a memory if we hold to the you know the cellular memory so we're starting to create a memory then and I only had a a breathwork session yesterday that went to a birth a memory of being in the womb it's um and I won't go into the detail of that yet for me I've been into I've been into my birth memory several times because there's layers, right? <laughs> yeah, always layers. Always and and layers. it's even, you know, the, it's because you you carry your consciousness with you all the time. So when you're breathing, you can go into the consciousness of who you were at the time you were feeling the emotion, whether it's in the womb or whether it's when you're three-year-old or 20 years old or whatever. And people say, you know, I don't want to relive the experience. Well, the difference between talk therapy and and talk therapy has its place the difference between that and this work is that you're not just talking through it and intellectualizing it you're actually you're actually processing the actual emotion that was happening at the time and so yeah and releasing it and when you think about being you know the importance of the birth memory is that it's the time of change you're transitioning from being in in the womb in the in the amniotic fluid, being you know served twenty four seven with food and nourishment and all the things, and then all of a sudden you've got to travel down into the world where it's complete opposite. You're mm. breathing water, and now you're going to be. You, so the first breath is that you're clearing your lungs of the water, mm. and you're actually going to take a breath in um, mm. for the first time. And it's the first time that you um, you're separated from mum. You know, um, we all may not give birth yet. We all have a birth memory, 
because That's we right. all want ourselves. It's the yeah. it's the first example of being successful because you're actually successful if you're if you're alive now, then you were the, the first example of success in your life, moving from the amniotic fluid into the into the um, into the air we breathe. So it can set you up for your own pattern in life. If you're the person who, um, if you had distress in your birth, like you were, you know, couldn't, didn't have the opportunity to go down the birth canal, but you came out through cesarean, you might be the sort of person who always likes to take shortcuts in your life, <laughs> you know, or, you know, yeah. there's so many different. And if your readers want, if your listeners want to read something, there's a book called Being Born by Robin Finance, who was my teacher in this work. And she yeah. wrote, she's, she's considered a, um, an authority on the subject. And she puts it, birth memory in the context of how we learn, how we relate to people and how we, um, our patterns in our life. It's a really interesting book. It's an e-book now. She doesn't have it in print. But, um, yeah, and then there's, there's past lives in my own journey. I had a moment I remember where I was just feeling so frustrated at work that no one was listening to what I was saying. <laughs> And I wanted, like, if if no one got what I wanted to say, I, you know, they really needed to listen to me, you know. That was the sort of energy around it. And I went into a, a past life memory yeah, of right. where I was I was accused in the, you know, whatever, hundreds of 1200s, 1100s or something, accused of being a witch, which I, and, and was burned at the stake. And, well. I, and, and I was... And I was standing with the fire all around me and I'm looking at the people going, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you listening to me? <laughs> kind of thing. So, you know, and the depth and breadth of the human existence and the memory that can be carried with it and, you know, even bringing forward the sadness from generations of uh, matriarchal grief, that's, you know, that's come through for me. And so I really really do understand that, that people can be born with a level of this. Um, and it's just about how, how, for me, it's about how clear do you want to be in your body to make room for having the fullest and best life you can lead in this body. That's what it's about for me. So that's why that's I'm cool. dedicated myself to doing the work on myself. Yeah, which is so beautiful, Jenny, and it's so true. And and for me it's not just about how well we want to be now but I think about is how how well I want to be when I transition because I want, you know, my prayer is that it's just so effortless and smooth and delicious. Um, so I, I and so any work that I do now is going to help that transition. And and it's so true when you talk about, you know, the birthing process, because I had one of those processes and um, and this was later confirmed with my mum, but my birthing, and you're talking about personality types, because my birth was really difficult. I was, I didn't want to be born, man, and I was ripped out, like, with the arm um, to the point that they thought they'd broken my collarbone apparently, and then I was removed from my mum for whatever reason. So my mum didn't even get to see me. Obviously the birth must have been a bit horrific or whatever, I don't know, um, because in those days, as my mum spoke about, they weren't told anything. And my mum being my mum wasn't, um, didn't feel it her place to ask, which is so sad. And that's a whole other story we could talk about. But just that whole like me resisting, like, and, I, and I've gone on later in my life about like being a resistant student. Like I just, I see that 
play out so much and I play with it a lot now because I'm trying, not trying. I'm working at not being a resistance student anymore. But landing on this earth walk without sounding too left field has been has been a big journey for me. Like coming in here and actually picking up has been a part of this current healing process that I'm going through now. And even a part of that understanding, and this is what's so beautiful, like we are so layered and we're so mystical and our body's, body's wisdom it's so, I, I don't understand why we all, it's great to be on a spiritual journey and that's also a part of my process, but I think we negate our poor old little body about its magic that it carries within, right? And with totally. all of these layers that you're talking about with how we, we're remembering everything in these cells. And and one time a number of years ago now, but I remember thinking, you know, I always wondered why I I suffered a fair bit from anxiety and I would mask that in many ways. But anxiety is something that's constantly played out and I think carried down into my children actually. And um, But I would always wonder why because my childhood was pretty cool actually. Like I was a kid on the land and we ran around and had our own freedom. And um, But I, I was uh, blessed to be able to support my dad through his passing, which was a two-year journey. And I started to see his anxiety and uh, and I have no doubt that he passed that on to most of his children, my siblings, and the the and it would come out of his war neurosis because we were never allowed to talk about the war. We weren't allowed to talk about Japanese, actually. Um, he was in the islands and um, we knew when we woke him up that we would, you know, wake him up and then run away because he could quite easily turn around and give you a backhand or try and strangle you, not knowing, right, in his waking state. My mum went through a stage of going to bed with a wooden spoon under a pillow. So if he tried to strangle her through the night, she would belt him to wake him up because he was also deaf, so he didn't have his hearing aid, which is pretty horrific, but it's sort of funny that we laugh about it now. But it was his anxiety started then to come out as he started to become very unwell and we had to care for him 24-7. And then we started to hear all of the stories and see his anxiety. And I'd always believed in cellular memory because I'd been working on that for a long time ago. But when I witnessed my dad, which was, I don't know, 13, 15 years ago, whatever it is, how long ago it is passed, when I witnessed those two years of how cellular memory plays out when we don't release it, that was like my initiation study all in one-on-one there, watching him every night. It was just phenomenal, isn't it? Like. It is phenomenal, and and you know the I really respect science, and um, although quantum science now is is um, oh. proving through mathematical formulas all the things that kind of experience anyway, but and and for me because uh, I love science, so I come from a kind of scientific sort of background. Yet when you can f- actually viscerally feel it in your own body to be yes. true and I witness it on the mat all the time with people yeah you can't deny the truth for that no. for somebody <laughs> regardless of how left left feel it seems or how um inconceivable it might be to others it's the truth for the person who's who's having the experience so I and and for me, breath work has really opened my mind and my body and my, all my senses to. There's so much we don't know. We just don't know exactly. what we don't know. Exactly. We just don't know it. And we heard, we know we felt some of that on the weekend that we've just had. So you know, just to allow yourself to think there could be another way 
to support yourself in your own health rather than 100% going to the medical model. And, you know, and that we are these holistic beings. You know, I talk about the four or the five bodies. We have the mental body, which is our mind and our thinking. What are we thinking in the moment? We have our physical body, you know, what's it doing? What's our internals doing? How is our liver functioning? How are we standing even? How are we posturing? We have our emotional body, which is all that, you know, us us beautiful beings. Because if we didn't have emotions, we'd just be robots, right? Um, Then we have our spiritual body, which is really the connection to ourself. And the Mm -hmm. fifth body is the etheric body, which is the is is the part of us that's you know our it's our it's our auric being, it's our connection to um, spirit. It's the bit that we can't explain, (laughs) you know. So it's our phase four body, Jen. It's our phase it's four our body. It's our phase four body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, that's like t- it's separating <laughs> the two, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. what I love, what I'm learning is that, you know, Indigenous and First Nations cultures, and even in my own lineage, I come from the Germanic peoples, they would have known all this. I mean, this connection. Oh, yeah. The connection to the web of life and to people and to the earth and to the things that go beyond what we can see with our physical eyes, our eyes are so limiting really when you think about it. Um, well, you know, uh, our eyes. Always... And, and what, what, what's, what's exciting to me is that talking about DNA and, and uh, it being in our DNA is that we actually all have the memory of that. Yeah, because we can't. We all came from a lineage that was connected in some way to the land and to all these sort of aspects of things we've been talking about this morning. So that excites me because I know I just it's it's not about learning. It's just about learning how to wake it up and re-remember. Remembering, it's remembering. I just use that word these days. Like, and if we sit in silence. Um, that's where we get the opportunity. So if we sit in silence and breathe, that's where we get the opportunity for those memories to come to the surface, right? I mean, it's really, and it really is that simple. You really don't need to spend millions of dollars going to whatever or buying all of these tools. Like we've got, we've been gifted all of the tools within ourselves, And I think that's one of the things I like people to remember because we seem to be such a consumer culture and if we can't buy it, it's not worth anything. And it's like, well, actually, you're worth a lot. You were so much we can't afford to buy you. And within you, you've got everything. You've got all of the tools that is needed and breath being one of them. Jen, it's so um, it's so awesome. I could I could talk so with you for so long. But is there anything um, is there anything other than you would like? There's a couple of things I'm going to come back through because it's one of the other thing that you've said is lovely, and I want to quote that again. But is there anything else you'd like to share with your listeners? If people just before you go on to that, I'll give you a moment to think about that. But um, Jenny's um, business is called, I don't think I said this at the beginning, is called Breath and Be, Breathe and Be You is the name of her business. You can find her on the website. She can find her on Facebook and Instagram as well. Jenny does do one-on-ones in person and in Zoom. Um, she runs breathing circles and she's also a trainer. She's based locally, as I said, in Newcastle. I'll put all of this information and the links to those um, below this podcast in our description. So please feel free to click on any of those. But, Jenny, is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with today? I think just one thing, and and it's really the fundamentals, and that is build a relationship with yourself through your breath. And what I mean by that is 
is just take notice of how you're breathing. And, um, you know, you don't even have to stop and sit down. You just have to come back to being mindful about it. And when you're feeling like you're not breathing, just take a deep breath. And the more you, it's you know, because it's about practice, right? So just every time you notice you're not breathing or you're not breathing well, just take a breath, take a breath. And then you start noticing, and then you'll start noticing in others how much others don't breathe as well. So yeah. it's really yeah. it's really as simple as that. And everything we've spoken about is really building on that first concept. And because we are all, we have the capacity and the capability to be responsible for our own healing. And, and I guess that's the second point is, is take responsibility for the, your own healing and take responsibility that you can, you do have it within you to, um, you know, give yourself the best chance in life. And then uh, that's what I, that's my own technique. Whenever something comes in that I get some, you know, cold or whatever, I just go, well, you know, if I've been looking after my mind, if I've been looking after my body, if I've been connecting to the earth, if I've been mm. breathing well. And then mm. if, it, if it continues and you feel like you've got to go and, and um, seek extra help that's the way I approach it and everyone's going to be different in that you'll know for yourself yeah and if you want to do deep work it's always good to have a a good practitioner with you to know how to go particularly if you're doing rebirthing stuff and stuff you need to be able to um, integrate that work doing the work is one thing integration is where the healing happens so whether and that that runs across any uh, therapy that you're doing in my mind whether that's plant medicine or breath work or other yeah, so the, the last point I would add is that the Conscious Connected Breathing community in Australia is supported by the Australian Breathwork Association and we yeah. have um, minimum training standards for our practitioners. And um, right. so my encouragement would be to really seek out someone who can support you in, yeah. in the way that you need to be supported with the deeper work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Thanks, Jen. I really love um, what you said before. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. It's great. And I um, will have all those details and I'm going to see you again anyway. Um, I think uh, another little point I did want to make, though, and just highlight again that you spoke about, about trusting. Um, when we're learning to listen to our body, um, we do have to learn to trust it again too because we've been taught for so long not to trust what we're feeling and not even to trust an experience no matter how profound it might be and we kind sort of wipe it to the side. And um, I encourage everyone to really start to, even if it can be for 10 or 5 minutes a day, 1 minute a day for 20 breaths, just to trust, trust what you're feeling in your body and ask your body, what am I feeling today? What are you feeling? What are you feeling to eat today? What are you feeling to drink today? What are you feeling to do, think, breathe? You know, like actually start to communicate with it as a as an entity on its own um, because it does have that intelligence that we don't, we just take for granted and then we wonder one day why we've had a heart attack. You know what I mean? Like let's let's just be a little bit more responsible and know that we can reclaim our health and we can work in a way with our body that um, no one else can because no one else knows what's going in like you do. And as Jenny said, at, um, she said, lie down and have a breath. I just love that. You know, if it gets too much, whatever, 
lie down and have a breath. And even if it's not getting too much, maybe it's just you come home from work, lie down and have a breath. What a beautiful thing. Lie down and have a breath. So, dear listeners, with uh, lying down and having a breath, maybe you all might like to go and do that once you finish with this podcast, as long as you're not in your car driving or to work or whatever, um, lying down and having a breath. But thank you so much for listening again today, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on board and chatting with me about your amazing work. Um, listeners, please get hold of her um, at any of the links below. And don't forget, please, today... Feel the earth beneath your feet, the sun on your face, the waters in your body, the breath in your body, in your cells, and the love in your heart. And until we meet again, listeners, have a fantastic, beautiful, awesomely mystical time. Thank you. Before we go, if you want more information on radical consciousness and cleansing, head to our website, bottomsupcolonics.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe or follow, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast as this will help others find us and also let you know when the next episode is published. You can also connect with us on our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Bottoms Up Colonics. Until next time, I'm Susie Wilson. Thanks for listening to Radical Consciousness and Cleansing.